Welcome to Caritas Christi, a real and raw podcast with real women and real faith, where we apply the feminine genius to look at the current events of this world, our faith lives, and other things that are relevant to young Catholic women today. Thank you for joining us. Happy Thursday. Ah, okay. <laughs> are we recording? Yeah, we are. Oh, you just, you didn't even give a warning. <laughs> okay. Hello, folks. This is Mary. <laughs> caught mary in a <laughs> candid moment there so you're welcome <laughs> and this is it's, hannah it's not very hard Fair. and this is caritas christy love of christ all about laughing here mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness so how are we doing today pretty good let's pretty begin good. with prayer oh that's right <laughs> you must meet <laughs> you know in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen amen ave maria gratia plana dominus tecum Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tu Iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora nobis peccatoribus, nunc in ora mortis nostri. Amen. In nomine Patri, Filio, Spiritui Sancto. Amen. And our daily, insp- or, or not daily, our inspiration comes from Matthew twenty-two fifteen through 22. Um, it goes, Then the Pharisees went and took counsel how to entangle him in his talk. And they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully and care for no man, for you do not regard the position of men. Tell us, then, what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the money for the tax. And they brought him as a coin. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard it, they marveled, and they left him and went away. <laughs> I love it. Jesus schooled the, the, the Pharisees. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Jesus always <laughs> shutting up the Pharisees right up. <laughs> that literally is like a mic drop, or like not a, but it's like a... <laughs> yep. They, they, they literally like, we can't... So they come back again and they keep on asking like, stuff, but she's like, guys, why do you keep asking me questions? I'm schooling you. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's interesting because I was listening to like one of the podcasts I was listening today was saying that Jesus pretty much like teaches by asking questions, but mm-hmm. sometimes he is pretty direct too. So actually, though, he does kind of lead them to it. He's like, because his questions are, why put me to the test, you hypocrites? And then, whose likeness inscription is this? So, yeah, it's like kind of lets them set the own trap that they were trying to make for him. And he's like, "Oh, well, what's this? Well, what's this?" <laughs> like any good teacher, just like leads them to the their own answer, and then they're like, "Oh man, darn it!" Yeah, yeah. Like my students asking me today, "Do I need to capitalize this? What do you think?" Well, I used a comma. Do you capitalize after a comma? Uh, no. Okay, then you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Yeah, because people want... Yeah, they're trying to trip him up, but, mm. you know, filled again. Foiled. <laughs> again. Oh, my gosh. What would it be like if Jesus was alive today and people came up to question nobody, him? Nobody would like him. <laughs> like, not the yeah. left, not the right, nobody. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. Like, he's very countercultural. So, are we having anything today? I think we're both kind of just here, so. Just vibing. <laughs> we're vibing in our, um, it, may, it probably might actually sound a little different today, because we're in my 
my room and that's um a very beautiful wood floor but mm-hmm. a little bit more echoier than your apartment i think probably yeah we also have there's we're, we're minus an annoying dog too so oh that's true yeah but we have a <laughs> piano downstairs that may or may not play during this time no guarantees and there are people downstairs so no guarantee that their voices may come people. yeah <laughs> people it's all good so um all right so we don't really have anything that we're eating nope we're doing but we're just vibing mm-hmm. all right so vibe along hannah um i'm kind of a little scared because your reactions when you're bringing stuff up oh. i was like uh in your hot take i have a feeling kind of is based on some of this too so a little bit yeah, yeah. so yeah. anywho so all right so just just go ahead and lay spicy. it on me wait can i can you tell me what the flavor of them are and i'll tell you what order to go in uh, are you just gonna go well we're not really there's not a whole lot of great stuff going on today i <laughs> oh wait you know what can i do can i start with the good news sure okay um i won't i'll just say there are good news that oh actually kind of two good news yeah one of our friends got married this past weekend mm-hmm. so shout out to them you know yes. who we're talking to <laughs> Apparently it was quite the party, so. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Actually, they said that there were no shenanigans. I can't hardly believe that there were no shenanigans with that crew, but, you know. They're lying. Yeah. And then, uh, yesterday, one of our friends had their first son, their first kid. So, yeah, he's, I know, new life. He's so sweet. I know it's so funny because guys look at babies and they're like, it's just a baby. But you, it's like, I can look at that baby and be like, wow, he's so individually like his parents. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, that nose. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell that's from his dad. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. Just picking out the features. Yeah. Nice. Maybe as women, we're kind of more attuned to that. So yeah. anyways, so new life and marriage. Yay. So. <laughs> All right. So now lay on the bad news then. Oof, boy. Okay. <laughs> Do you want me to start, like, uh, local bad news or national bad news? <laughs> oh, because the local news is really cringy. Yeah. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm just... Get it out of the way? Well, there's, like, I feel like there's no perfect one to start with, so okay. just go for it. <laughs> All right. I have, in the interest of the principle of subsidiarity, I will do the, the local one first. There you go. Ugh, brother. Okay. Uh, are you ready? So I'm not going to read from this full story, but we talked about this. It's long. This. It is very long. I do recommend that anybody who's listening reads the article. It'll be in the show notes because um, you have to read it. As a Catholic in good standing, hmm. you have to read it. I haven't actually read it all. I kind of scanned it. Does that count? Or do I have to read no, all the details? The whole thing. Um, <sighs> all right. I'll do it. Because it's not it's not unnecessarily in the gory details. It's just true. It just sheds light on everything that happened and the failings of the institutional church. So, okay, um, which needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So this story here is um, there is a priest from Ohio, Cleveland, more specifically, uh, who recently was sentenced to life in prison and this happened november 9th so about a week ago uh the priest pled guilty to federal child trafficking child abuse and child exploitation charges and he's obviously been 
like defrocked, the, you know, <laughs> priest is, yeah, he was a priest. Hmm. Wait, do we, sorry, do we say when they're defrocked, do they still have their indelible mark? When you have that, is that always there? Well, it's an, it's indelible, so I would, I would say that the mark, the mark is there. You've just been deprived of, like, the faculties. Lost, yeah, you've okay. been lost that. Um, although there, there was, there used to be rites of degradation in medieval times, which I think we should bring back where they, if there were priests like this, they would take them and they would like scrape their hands because, you know, you, you anoint the hands when people are ordained. And so they would scrape their hands and, and like take it all back wow. basically. It'd be like an act of public. You you are no longer. You, you no longer have any of these things. Oof. So, Ouch. I'm like, yeah, yeah. maybe bring ah. that back, especially Ugh. for people like this. Yeah. Oh well. And as we have, as we've been saying, the road to hell is paved with what? Skulls of priests, and popes, bishops. and bishops. Yeah. And uh, Saint John Chrysostom said as much. So I'll trust him on that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, basically a summary of the article is that this, um, he was ordained a priest and he like was close with this family for some reason. I don't know. Like he became friends with them and he visited them and then he somehow gained access to the one of their son's numbers and pretended to be like a high school girl convinced this kid to send him nude photos and then started blackmailing him with the nude photos pretending to be like the girl's friend or her dad or somebody and then just blackmailing lasted years years and the kid he was doing it to actually confessed about sending the photos to him. And then when his mom found out, because eventually the blackmailing escalated to, he sent the photos that the, the, the boy had been sending him to the mom. And when it, and when she found out that the then priest knew about it, she said, why didn't you, and he goes, seal a confession, seal a con-. But before he told, you know, he told the, the the son that he was going to have him tell his parents, which is what should have happened. But then he backed off. Like, actually, we're not going to tell your parents about this. And yeah, so he basically psychologically tortured this this kid. Multiple counts of possessing and soliciting child pornography. And did this to other people too, but they focus on this mm-hmm. one boy that he did that to. And yeah, it's just, it's kind of like, it's like that meme, basically. That's like, what radicalized you? This article radicalized me. Um, you know, I used to be, like I said before on the podcast, like I used to be anti-death penalty or like at least neutral. And this article just made me more pro-death penalty than I already am. <laughs> yeah. Because people this depraved i'm sorry you don't deserve to be a part of society 
and Thomas Aquinas agrees with me. <laughs> and that's all I have to say. Um, of course, you can debate whether the state has the right to, you know, kill its citizens, but it's, I mean, life in prison is just not, no, it's not enough. And it's not, and it's, it is too, um, Aquinas talks about the death penalty actually being an act of mercy, mm-hmm. which is, people don't think about. Now, obviously, the way it is carried out in many places is not the way, you know, like injecting people with a bunch of stuff and then hoping they die is not the way to go about it. But, like, the death penalty was considered an act of mercy because people knew, like, and the way and the way that death row is done right now is not the way that Aquinas was imagining it. He was imagining, okay, somebody... <clears throat> This person knows when their date of execution is. They know when it's coming. And therefore they, because they have that constant reminder, like you're going to die and you're going to face judgment on this day, you know, this time. Then they have that reminder, like I need to repent of what I've done. Instead of it constantly like being moved back or like year year long trials and like all of this stuff where it's just like extended and extended that isn't an opportunity for mercy like that's that's inhumane i think too so you got to be careful with um with impl- implementation and stuff but yeah i can't i can't see how anybody can read that and go yeah like yeah so then you had said that um because this started happening when he was actually a seminarian right he wasn't even a priest yet yeah oh yeah he he had there were behaviors that should have been flagged when he was a seminarian Mm -hmm. and the diocese did not flag them Mm -hmm. and i want to call attention to this last bit of it because they had said that he would he, they're not supposed to have alcohol in the dorms and he would have it and he would invite people to his place. Mm-hmm. And then he somehow figured out how to get around the firewalls for the seminary or something. Yeah. Yep. yep. And so he had all these unvirtuous, not pure actions going on. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So here, here's what I want to leave with from this article because it, I think it's the most telling and it just makes... It, it, I, I intend to get people fired up about this because you should be fired up. The pillar asked the Cleveland Diocese it, if Latkovich, the director, or the seminary's director, yeah, would respond to criticisms of the seminary's administration. While the priest did not offer comment, a diocesan, a diocesan official emphasized to the pillar the psychological screenings and background checks conducted for seminary applicants, which include sexual history and social media screening at the time of application to seminary. Diocesan, quote, standards of conduct for ministry, end quote, emphasized that priests, seminarians, and others in ministry should use social media for ministry, but, quote, not to develop personal relationships with those whom they serve, especially minors, end quote. The pillar asked the Cleveland Diocese whether it would evaluate its standards for technology accountability, given that McWilliams 
seemingly began amassing a child pornography collection while he was a seminarian and used a social media, hookup apps, and texting apps to prey on minors while he was a young priest. The diocese did not respond to that question. The pillar asked the Cleveland diocese whether any official flagged how much time McWilliams spent as a seminarian and young priest in the Christophers, so the family with the son, son that he prayed on, parish community, even after his internship, and after he was assigned to a parish an hour away. The diocese did not respond to that question. The pillar asked the diocese whether seminary administrators have learned any lessons or implemented any changes in light of McWilliams' ordination. The diocese did not respond to that question. Part of the shepherd campaign much? Tell tell the people what that is all about. was this huge fundraising campaign for the Cleveland diocese well it was technically for specifically for the seminary because mm-hmm. they're trying to make renovations on it mm-hmm. because it hasn't been renovated for years correct mm-hmm. which and why, and why should we at this point tell me please yeah <laughs> i mean there are obviously good priests that are coming out of the seminary and there are good as, as i said in the pillar there are people that are you know good people that are there but obviously this obviously is not, i mean i'm not excusing what's going on there but i'm just saying the fact that they didn't answer any of those questions specifically, mm-hmm. specifically have learned any lessons or implemented any changes. They said nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I saw this, I think I ran into this article actually on Catholic Twitter because people were saying that there are orders for, for nuns, for women, who will deny you if you have tattoos or any history of mental illness, but... You know, they accept anybody with a furry mask, apparently, into the seminary. Um, yeah. Because Mick Williams had possessions of those, too. Which I have no idea what those are, but apparently those are really bad, so. Um, they should raise red flags if he, if a seminarian has them and has, like, gives them to kids to wear. Just, yeah. Weird. And, yeah. So. Did you actually read what the ch- all the charges were? I don't remember if you did. All the charges? Yeah. I can go. I can go over them again. I don't. I just don't remember if you did. Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. No, that's yeah. fine. No, that's good. I so just, just can't remember. Just to refresh your memory, federal trial, child trafficking, child abuse, and child exploitation. Nice stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Life it's crazy indeed. too, because before he got, um, just like on like on a personal anecdote, and then we probably have to keep on going because there's more fun stuff to talk about, right? Yeah. Um, I. Because this was, he was arrested, this would be probably two years ago now. Yeah. Around this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had actually, because I was working at a parish at that time, and I, I remember, like, he, we had, like, a night of confession for, I think, I, I think it was our PSR, or if it was, like, the kids, like, f- like for um, second graders first reconciliation. I can't exactly mm. remember, but I remember having a dinner with all the priests that were there, and I actually, I sat right next to him and stuff, and... Um, I remember that. And then when he got arrested, cause that was, that was a very big seminary class. That was like the biggest seminary in class ever. Mm-hmm. Um, that, or, or didn't like ordination class. Yeah. Um, but I remember being at an event after it, like literally the day after I didn't know what was going on. I found out like later after the fact, but the priests were just like reeling. Mm. They were just like, they're just, you know, like 
there was like one of like his best friend that went through seminary with him he had to leave because he just couldn't like we were at it we were an event for a fundraiser for mm-hmm. our young adult community that i'm a part of um and like yeah they were just i mean it was great to support them and you know because it's it's also like okay they feel betrayed mm-hmm. and then also they're supposed to care for children and you yeah. know this, you know they're mad and just yeah mm. it's just so hard because it's like there are good priests and they're having to suffer for all the like these behaviors oh, yeah, for sure and now this affects how they minister to other people as well because they have to watch their actions as well mm-hmm. and then the last thing i'll say on this is i know another priest is like will people be able to trust our authority on stuff now that you know if i try and stand in front of people and try and preach or you know try and you know like are people gonna doubt my authority yeah. so i mean obviously this is what they step into as being a priest but should they really have to you know Mm-hmm. so um but we've this is our first time we've had a corrupt priest but oh no won't no, be the last not the first time in the history of the church that no. there has been um it's kind of rot but no but it's it, um, it's hitting back home. the right of de- degradation please thank you i should include a link to that one i'm gonna make a note <laughs> of that uh, hannah boy. is radicalized she didn't even need much radicalization to be honest no but... I, I did it but that gave me more <laughs> Hannah, crusader hannah mm-hmm. indeed <laughs> all right so um what's the other is, is this there's a there are two or three there's, there's just one more okay um so oh, that's good i don't think i could handle third. Yeah. <laughs> at this rate so i'm i'm just addressing the national story which is the kyle rittenhouse uh trial okay i feel like most people have been keeping up on this so i won't like go as deeply into this as i did the other because most people have been pretty updated on this okay so there's protesters that there was actually there so they anticipated maybe a verdict today i think he was found yeah he was found not guilty of the charges about carrying a a firearm illegally so he's found not guilty of that charge uh they still have to bring charges about the people that he shot and killed um because he shot and killed two and i think wounded a third okay so But people who are against what happened or, like, against him saying that he's guilty say are saying that he was an active shooter. Um, and they're claiming that the three men that he shot were acting in self-defense, even though they were pursuing him and cursing at him and pointing weapons at him. And there's footage to show. Yes, correct. <laughs> Do pe- are people blind? Apparently. <laughs> I mean, it's dark, so it can kind of be hard to tell, but not really. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so the prosecution, like, questioned whether Rittenhouse should have resorted to deadly force. And they argued that a skateboard is a children's toy and could not be reasonably interpreted as a weapon capable of deadly force. <laughs> What didn't okay? I've heard t- though, because actually one of my other friends was commenting because she was listening to the whole prosecution, which apparently was mm-hmm. I mean, v- ridiculous. Apparently, yes. And you know this poor kid was having to sit through all this and have mm-hmm. PTSD and all that. Yeah, stuff. And Panic attack. Right on one. Um, but they're like some of the, the some of the train of like it just sounds so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But 
I mean, didn't they say that the guy that was, like, one of the guys was running after him and he'd be like, if I get my hands on you, I'm going to kill you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were they were shouting at him. There were, you know, people shouting, get yeah. him and just. And also a skateboard. Yeah, that's a children's toy, but that's pretty, like, heavy stuff. Uh, yeah. And also, a like. well-made skateboard easily is a yeah. blunt force trauma instrument. Wow, people are stupid. <laughs> Oh yeah. Sorry, I, I'm not. I'm normally a lot um, more charitable, but, this, but but sorry. Yeah, go ahead. It's okay. But um, basically, the that's the updates. So he 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 claim. So on one side of the claim, it's like so they tried to paint these guys that were coming after this 17 year old as heroes that he shot. Okay. One of them was a convicted pedophile. Okay, when you're on the side of a convicted pedophile, we just talked about a convicted pedophile. You're not the good guy. Sorry, Mm-mm. you're not. Mm-mm. That's it. Mm-mm. The end. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I will also include this link from Not the Bee. I want you to look at because this is this is the process. This is the um, this is the guy who's trying to prosecute Kyle Rittenhouse the way that he's holding. What uh, is he doing in a demonstration? What, what, what is he doing, Mary? I mean, he's holding a gun. Uh-huh. He looks like he's demonstrating. Yep. Is it loaded? I don't know. Where's his, where's his finger, Mary? Oh, it's actually... Wow. Where is oh. it, Mary? Yeah, trigger. I it's mean, on the trigger. I've, I've, been, I've been taught... I, I mean, I I've, I've, I've don't have enough experience with guns. Also... Set, but that's literally... Yeah. If anyone, also, where do you think he's pointing it? Is he pointing it at Kyle? He's like... Well, he's pointing it at people. He is up on the stand. There's oh, yeah, no you're not supposed to him. point it at people. Nope. Wow. Like, yeah. those two rules of gun safety just broken right there. You do not point anything you are not willing to kill or destroy. Ever. Right. And all guns are loaded. Even if they're not. Mm-hmm. So you have to treat every gun as if it is loaded. And you must keep your finger off the trigger until you have aimed and are ready to shoot. So actually, that's three rules that he's breaking right there. So I what will is, include a link to that What picture. is his name? Because I heard he was just awful. Oh, I, I don't even know. He's probably being paid the big bucks. Oh, prosecutor. Wait, was right back up there. Uh, prosecutor. Binger. Binger. <laughs> <laughs> I think his first name's like Michael or something. I don't even know. But yeah, clearly never took a CCW class or any type of gun safety training whatsoever wow yeah so are you sure this isn't like an snl skit (laughs) yeah right (laughs) this is why guns are unsafe because dummies like me don't know how to handle them okay yeah wait maybe guns should be banned if you're trying to handle if people like that are supposed to handle guns (laughs) i'd be a fan of that (laughs) yeah right wait is there actually um gun safety protocol and like getting a gun is there like a um thing on well is there a qualification if you're stupid or not (laughs) intelligence qualification you're like hey do you think you should point this at somebody's face if it's a deadly weapon and you don't intend to shoot them no (laughs) correct (laughs) you may now purchase a gun gosh (laughs) oh my gosh this poor kid how does this kid isn't even like oh he's 18 now oh yeah he's 18 Mm -hmm. man the media is so awful to conservative Especially mm-hmm. conservative youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. They all, you know, they want to lower the, you know, the, the age to be able to vote. But, you know, when, they, when they're, 
Not, not, if, not if they don't vote the way you want them to. Yeah, but. seriously. So you have a hot take based on this. So it's probably a good segue okay, so into it. Float it. Okay. Are we are we going? Yeah. Well, we're did gonna you go have ahead. any more on the article, or no. was that pretty much it? Yeah, I was just kind of like. So when are we gonna hear the verdict? Giving it air time on the other mm. um, charges. Gosh, I don't know, because they dismissed the jury to like further deliberate later today. <sighs> okay, actually, sorry, just also outside. Didn't mm. didn't the judge have to like multiple times through the prosecution have to tell the jury to go out so he could reprimand the pr- prosecution? I heard yes. that. <laughs> like three or four times yeah. and then like you could tell the judge was getting like fed up with it mm-hmm. yeah, but anyways it's pretty it's pretty amazing sorry okay so but yeah so i'll take okay i'm ready for it are you all ready hannah's hannah's radicalized so oh yes we are radicalized <laughs> I, I wish i could do a drum roll there's normally um <laughs> it's we have very low uh, surface area and <laughs> so go ahead hannah all right here we go okay so it is a moral good a moral obligation even to defend your life and the lives of others that's the hot take um wait is that common sense with deadly force if you need to is that common sense apparently not (laughs) apparently not wait can you repeat it again i think it was so common sense we might need to (laughs) oh yes okay so again if you weren't listening i will say it again just repeat myself. Pretend I'm, you know, teaching my fifth graders again. Uh, <laughs> so, it is a moral good, a moral obligation, even, to defend your life and the lives of others, even with deadly force, if that should be necessary. Mm-hmm. End of story. That's it. Sorry. I think it's, like, so innately in us, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if you don't have a will to live, that's, like, a bad sign. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Millennials. Uh. <laughs> well, yeah, because we've been so softened. Yeah. We're so comfortable. I want to die. Like, yeah, yeah, me too. But... I know. <laughs> I, like, I also, think, not that much. You know? I think if you spend, I don't know, it's like, yeah. I mean, I could go down a rabbit hole, but... Mm-hmm. um. Ooh, rabbit holes. <laughs> I mean, in terms of being comfortable and all that other stuff, but um, we've we've gone down those for rabbit. comfort. You were made for greatness. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I so, mean, so that means that doesn't that doesn't mean I'm not saying everybody should go out and buy a gun because not everybody's comfortable enough with that. And unless you are comfortable enough with a gun and carrying it and knowing that you may need to use it to defend your life and the life of somebody else maybe more than one person don't get one don't carry like if you're not comfortable with having that deadly weapon on you okay fine but like take taekwondo carry pepper spray have something because especially if you live in a city my gosh you know Mm -hmm. you you cannot sure you know some something you can be like well i'm in god's hands yes but saint joan of arc was in god's hands and she led france to victory and then she ultimately did end up giving her life as a martyr but she didn't just be like well it's in god's hands Hmm. well god said no you yeah well i'm actually reading a um this um it's like a a personal retreat based on saint Therese's 
you know, spirituality and writings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it literally talks about, like, working as it all depends on us and then, like, praying to, like, like leave the result up to God. Mm-hmm. But you can't, like, God can't, like, he can't direct the train if it's not going. <laughs> yeah. The train has to be going somewhere. He'll, like, redirect your course. We've said that before. You know, God's not gonna, you know. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so yeah, just, just be ready because <laughs> it's only getting crazier and scarier out there and you best be ready for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're some, I mean, I, I have just out of lack of maybe funds and just time and stuff, but, um, you know, I would like to be able to like be able to carry a gun at some point just for, I, when I was living downtown, I was like, oh, yep, now I really want a gun. So, mm-hmm. but I think if you don't have a gun, you just have to find people who have guns and just keep it in mind in case the apocalypse happens. And then you're like, all right. You're like, hey, uh, so can you protect me from the zombies, please? (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, I think, you know, as they always say, I don't know if this is very charitable, but there's all the squishy liberals. I think it ever comes to it. All of us, all the right conservative people are just going to rise up and we're the ones who have the guns because we're the ones who are the second com- um, commandment, amendment. <laughs> second <laughs> commandment is very different. <laughs> but the second amendment, um, you know, honoring the supporters. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I don't know, too. I think it's interesting, though, because even people who lean more left, um, like 2020, that was the there was more first-time gun owners than there ever has been. Like, maybe ever has been, or there has been in a long time, like tripled or quadrupled, something crazy that happened with gun ownership because people realized, wow, if things really do get crazy, I want to be able to defend myself. And I think that's something that everybody kind of has in them, but some people kind of like were going to shove it down because they felt um, pretty comfortable where they were mm. and when they lost that comfort they were like oh oh wait no i have i have to have other measures in in case i need to defend my home i need to defend my family um so i don't know i i don't like thinking of i don't want to be like oh yeah you know <laughs> like it's like violence is not the answer but when when you are being attacked like when mm-hmm. you are being threatened or somebody else is being threatened you abs you have every right to defend them that is yeah, like a moral yeah. it is a moral good and the more people that are out there willing to defend what is right and good the less people who are out there because mm-hmm. the devil's a coward and anybody who f- follows anywhere near what he wants to happen is is a coward and if they know that there are good people around who will stand up they're not going to do anything because they're cowards so you just yeah you gotta you gotta rise up mm-hmm. well because and then i guess i can i go into my advice yeah, absolutely because i think this really goes into you know so this is a little late but this is um post honoring all our veterans because last week was veterans day mm-hmm. um and um but I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, we're defending American way of life because um, America was like the greatest experiment ever. Um, 
But, you know, this, they said, the founders even said, the success of the nation is dependent on the morality of the people who are leading the nation or in the, in the nation. Um, <laughs> so we can see kind of where things are going right now based on what's happening and the results and um, why not. So, um, but yeah, so I just want to say thank you to all veterans for your service, um, forever who's listening and, um, you know, I, you know, I always encourage people, um, when you're out and about and you see somebody, you, you know, those veterans hats that people wear or shirts or whatnot, like, please always say thank you for your service. It totally means a lot. So, um, cause they fought for our country and yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's some people that are like, well, our nation's dying or this or that, but it's like our way of life is still here. Our way of life is, and, and, um, this, I, this article is actually really good. Hannah will have it in the show notes, but it's all about what it means to be Catholic and patriotic. Um, and you know, I will actually say, Hannah, I'm really surprised because I actually, so I, I pulled a lot of this stuff together for my talk for, for my, um, girls group from talking to, talking with my high school girls. Mm-hmm. There's really not a lot of literature there on like, like really like for, to be able to talk to high school kids or just people in general about what it means to be Catholic and American and like actual good humanity, like, you know, Catholic liberal arts look at what it means to be a Catholic in America mm-hmm. on American Catholic. But this was actually pretty good. Um, so it's good to start somewhere. But he, he talks, so it's um, brother, brother Andre Marie, um, I do not really know who he is, but he wrote this. It's a really good article. Um, but he starts off saying that patriotism is a great virtue, um, that it's to love one's fatherland, um, to love the land of the people that sired you. And it's actually a natural op- o- overflow of the virtue of piety, which is the virtue of home. Um, and so, you know, piety is the virtue that is run- um, would have us render what is due injustice to parents and other family members. So patriotism has us render the same to our nation, its government, and our fellow citizens. Um, and then it talks about how this is both a matter of justice, um, for the virtues of piety and patriotism are parts of that carnal vir- virtue. Um, and then over and above justice is this theological virtue of charity, um, which then enters into consideration of Catholic piety and patriotism. Um, so after God, we love our neighbor, um, and those that are near to us. Um, so those that would be our parents and our siblings, and then kind of spreading out from that um, and broadening concentric circles from that is the family home. Well, it's from the family home is to the neighborhood, to the town or city, to the state, to the region, to the nation or empire of which we are a resident, citizen, or subject. And so that, there, you, my friends, is the principle of subsidiarity, as Hannah referred to earlier, and kind of a different connotation, but mm-hmm. kind of worked. Oh, I mean, it wasn't different. It was the same connotation. Mm-hmm. Um, when it says, if we see our country as our people, something much more possible in homogeneous, non-pluralistic societies, it is much easier to see how piety quite naturally becomes patriotism. In such societies, people are not only united by a common culture, they are also close to each other in the gene pool. Thus, patriotism is a rootedness in the land and its people. Um, and so it, there really is an organic notion of patriotism. Um, so, and many people just lack this understanding. This He says it's even a Catholic notion of patriotism. Many Americans lack this. You know, so many Americans think that patriotism is 
you know, related to some abstractions of freedom, pluralism, democracy, our way of life, natural greatness, um, or maybe a love of document, which is the Constitution. Um, and it says, this is just a really good part. It says, none of these are worthy of true patriotism. They are not persons or groups of persons. And as ideas, many of them are unworthy. Pluralism in religious matters, for instance, is the equating of God's truth with Satan's lie and man's distortion. It is not our national strength. It is our bane. As for freedom, the greatest freedom is the liberty of the glory of the children of God that we each receive by grace and that broader freedom and exaltation of Holy Mother Church that we daily pray for after every low mass in the traditional liturgy. As often as not, the freedom extolled in the civic religion of America may be reduced to freedom for sin, which is a nonsensical concept and oxymoron in Catholic terms since sin enslaves us. The ordered liberty spoken of by many constitutionalists, conservatives, could be a good thing depending on what it is ordered to. To, de to the degree that it is ordered to God's eternal law, it is good. To the degree that it is not, it is evil. Um, so just a, you know, a quick, they, they have a list of what patriotism is not as well. Um, and it said, it's not a love of the government that rules you, though it does demand respect for that government and obedience to its just laws. It is also not an ideological commitment to the founding principles of the nation in which you were born, especially if your nation was born of a revolution. Um, but then it even talks out that says, within the proper perimeters of a just war, genuine patriots may fight the tyrannical governments that oppress their fatherlands. You hear this, folks? We, as genuine patriots, may fight the tyrannical government that oppress our fatherlands. <laughs> even if that's in our, if our, that's in our own land. Yep. Um, um, and it was also, it is not a feeling or conviction of the absolute superiority or of your nation, such as Americans' exceptionalism. Um, and this is interesting. I don't know if you could shed light on this, Hannah. I don't, I don't know if you have enough time, but it says, it is not the nationals, nationalism that would pursue the good of one's country at the expense of others. It says, it is St. Joan of Arc, not Cardinal Richelieu. I don't know if you know that name at all. No, I'm not bringing it up. All right. Um... And then it says it's not a det detestation or contempt for other nations. And I really like this because I think it basically says, like, you can be, as Catholics, we, like, our end is heaven. But we have a loyalty to where we live and where we're from. Um, and so I think, you know, like, you could be a patriot. Like, Joan of Arc was a patriot for France. Um, you can be, a, a, you know, even a patriot in the, the Middle East. And um, I was listening, reading all about, you know, Christian people that are in Lebanon that were being persecuted for their Christian faith. Um, and then last of all, it says it is not in agreement with your nation's foreign policy or even a uh, particular domestic policy. Um, and then I'll just close with this. It says um, for patriotism to be genuine, a nation as large as the United States, which is a good size for an empire, we have to recover the value of the family, the local and the regional, of the intermediate institutions that stand between the individual and the state, and that common thread running throughout all these, the principle of subsidiary, the, these are the wholesome, organic ingredients of a true patriotism. Um... It says, the patriot loves his family, his neighbors, his backyard, those local institutions that nurtured and formed him, which he visits if he has moved abroad and whose memory he cherishes. And he detests, <laughs> he detests the pol petty politicians, oligarchs, commercialists, and aggressive ideologues who would destroy these precious things. Love of these things justifies his going to war when his country and his people are attacked. 
big government, money and interest, vague notions of progress, spreading our way of life, or making the world safe for democracy are causes utterly unworthy of the blood of an American warrior, of any warrior. And then one last thing, I love this. It says, the Catholic patriot desires his fatherland to come under the rule of Christ the King. Here in the U.S., it means he wants a Catholic America. So, um, this article is just so good. Um, and it all kind of, there's like another part that I kind of skipped and it talks about how, you know, so patriotism is all about being rooted in the land and Mm -hmm. how uh, it's not very common for modern man to be rooted at all. Um, and I think that's the one thing about Catholics. I think we are rooted in our faith and then we're rooted in our family. We're rooted in our parishes. And so then we, it goes out because we're called to evangelize. So we're going to be rooted in our community. Mm -hmm. Um, and then even on a, a political spectrum, you know, most people get all up about voting for the national, you know, all the national elections, which, you know, it is good to vote because you have a right to vote mm-hmm. and people have died for that, for that, um, right. But, you, and, you know, we have the electoral college, so like our, our, you know, our vote, I mean, has some power maybe, but not really where your vote really counts is actually in the local and like your local elections and your state elections and we talked about that last week actually yeah we did um so (laughs) so anyways um so kind of circling back i guess um but again go and make sure that don't forget to thank the veterans that are around you um to figure out how you can grow in being a better patriot yourself um and at the very least we you know we are charged with spreading the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, so. Yep, and we have uh, Feast of Christ the King of the Universe coming up on Sunday, so that's very relevant. Well, in the old. No, not in the old. In the new. That's, oh, yeah, that's in, in the, the new calendar. New. Yeah. Oh, that's actually really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You didn't even realize so. that. <laughs> but I do think, it's, it's, I think it's easy to get, like, you know, Hannah was talking about all this, you know, informing me of all the stuff that was going on out there. And it's easy to be like, oh, gosh. But it's like, no, we actually are charged, as Hannah was saying, we have to be radicalized. We have to speak out. Because your Not soul, the, the soul, if we're talking about self-defense, the biggest thing that we have to defend is our souls. Mm-hmm. And our souls and the people around us are the most, you know, we have oh, to yeah. defend those souls. As I mean, obviously, we have a savior, but mm-hmm. we have to do our part, too. So right. I feel like Speaking we of have our part. Yeah, speaking of our part, um, I feel like we could go on and on and on about this, oh, but, yeah. um, but that, this is good. This is really good. So uh, do you want to close us out with our um, our quote? Yes, ma'am. Mm, okay. We've had enough exhortations to be silent. Cry out with a thousand tongues. I see the world is rotten because of silence. All right, folks. Know that we're praying for you and that you are loved. Bye. All right. See y'all. Thanks for listening to Caritas Christi. If you'd like to write to us with hot takes, feedback, advice, or advice requests, we would love to hear from you. Email us at caritas.christi31 at gmail.com. That's caritas.christi31 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next Thursday.